0: Good evening, Gamecocks. Welcome to Roost Radio, presented by Cockynation.com, your independent source for Jacksonville State coverage. I'm your host, Zach White, and guess what, folks? We're only two days out from Turkey Day. Uh, It's a late night here in Opelika. It's about 10 o'clock when I'm doing this recording. Um, But, you know, getting some stuff wrapped up for work so that we can uh, go out and enjoy the holiday. So, um, first off, congratulations, Jacksonville State, on the three feet That is three OVC titles in a row. Uh, It's a fantastic run. Not a single conference loss since John Gross took over as head coach for Jacksonville State. Uh, Congratulations to the team, the program, all the staff, everybody that made that possible. Um, We thoroughly enjoyed watching it. Uh, With that said, we are also going to talk about awards tonight and the playoff bracket. But first, I want to talk about Jacksonville State's thumping of Tennessee Martin. Uh, 33-7 final score on Saturday in Jacksonville. Um, Eli Jenkins scored all four of JSU's touchdowns on the ground. And Tennessee Martin, well, let's just say they had a tough day. If, If I could describe this to you, let me tell you how... Tennessee Martins' day went, based on how their drives ended. Interception, interception, punt, interception, missed field goal, interception, punt, missed field goal, turnover on downs, a single touchdown in the third quarter, turnover on downs, and then a punt. So, yeah, not a great day for the Tennessee Martin offense. The high-flying offense, highest-scoring offense in the conference held to seven lousy points. Uh, Troy Cook threw four interceptions for the Skyhawks compared to one touchdown. Um, Yeah, that's not a good day for him. The rushing game for Tennessee Martin was held to 126 yards total. Uh, Jamie Bowe got most of those carries uh, 61 total yards on the day. And the receiving core got held as well. Um, Jacksonville State, on the other hand, Eli Jenkins had a and a, a moderate day in the air. A seven for 16, uh, 104 yards, and an interception. But then if you look at his rushing totals, you realize, oh, Eli had a pretty good game on the ground. Uh, 54 total yards, four touchdowns on the ground for Eli, and that's a total of somewhere in the ballpark. Let's see if I can do math very quickly. 158 yards total on the day, and a day that was very short on yardage, honestly. Jacksonville State had short fields a good portion of the time and really just wanted to kind of milk the game away. That was Coach Cross's M.O. for this game. Uh, So that's good to see. Rock Thomas also had a good day, uh, 74 yards for him. Clemens also had a good day, 66 yards. Uh, Both of them were right at five to five and a half yards per carry on the day. And we saw Tyus Flakes again, and he looked pretty good. Uh, Josh Barge was really the only notable receiver, 75 total receiving yards. And then on defense, uh, well, Jacksonville State's defense. I mean, the stats just look great as far as individual statistics go. Darius Jackson, Randy Robinson both get got sacks on the day. Uh, Marlon Bridges and Quad Stottemeyer led the team in total tackles. Uh, Jalen Hill had a pair of interceptions. Darius Jackson also had an interception, which looked good. Uh, So a sack and an interception on the day, that's pretty stinking good for him. Um, We actually won the kicking game uh, despite a missed PAT, I believe. Uh, Cade Stinnett made both of his field goal attempts where um, Tennessee Martin missed both of theirs. So, hey, we won special teams and we won defense, so we did what we needed to to win. If you win two out of those three, you're typically going to win the ball game. Um, As far as, you know, total... Like efficiency numbers go. Uh, Jacksonville State had four and a half yards per carry on the ground with four touchdowns, all again from Eli. They did have one fumble and one interception on the day. But Tennessee Martin had four turnovers, four interceptions. Um, as far as the passing game goes, the Skyhawks were better. Uh, they threw the ball 45 times. That's triple what JSU threw. Um, but they only had 17 completions. Uh, and that's an average per completion of 11.3 yards for 192 total. So um, if, you, if you want to understand how this game went, that drive chart, the turnover ratio, and then how many times the Skyhawks threw the ball, that kind of tells you the story of how all this went down. So, you know, in, initial thoughts and impressions, of course I say that, it's it's um, it's Tuesday night. Uh, But, you know, it it really was just a good defensive game for Jacksonville State. They didn't look super flashy on offense. They did what they needed to do. They, for the most part, protected the ball um, on the defensive side. They forced turnovers. They got to the quarterback. They did what they needed to do to win the ball game. And they're in this mode now where they are relying on the defense and the offense is giving just enough to win the game. And if you can keep doing that while the defense is dominant, you're going to make a long playoff run. So I'd say right now things are looking pretty good for Jacksonville State. Uh, So if we're moving away from that, if we start looking at awards, um, of course, again, the biggest piece of hardware that we won over the weekend was that OVC title. Couldn't be prouder right now to be a Gamecock. I came in Monday morning bragging to a coworker of mine that's a Sanford alum. You know, hey, Jacksonville State won their conference again. What does Sanford do? Of course, they got in that large bid, but they didn't win their conference. Uh, So, that's um, something to be proud of, even in the OVC. You know, it's as Coach Cross says, it is a grind, and it's true. These pesky teams want to hang around with you. Um, But three years without a conference loss, I'll take it. I just wish I was a student for the entire time that this was going on. So, I could have been to every single game and saw every single one. If we're looking at awards, though, uh, Jacksonville State pretty much swept the conference awards. Um, Offensive Player of the Year, Eli Jenkins, quarterback. Defensive Player of the Year, Darius Jackson. Freshman of the Year, Marlon Bridges. Um, That's a pretty nice little tandem. Marlon Bridges being a redshirt freshman, that is just scary because of the numbers he is putting up right now are uncanny for a kid his age. Um, If he sticks around for a long time, he's got NFL written all over him. And, of course, Coach Gross, um, OVC Coach of the Year, yet again, first time ever that a coach has won the OVC Coach of the Year three years in a row. Uh, So congratulations to Coach Gross. Well-deserved there. Uh, If you're looking at the all-OVC teams, JSU had 17 selected. Of course, quarterback Eli Jenkins, Rock Thomas at running back. Uh, The entire offensive line except – for Kyron Samuels made it, and I really think that's just because Kyron was having nagging injuries all year. Um, Casey Dunn, Justin Lee, Nick Johnson, all those guys, great job. Um, let's see on defense. Uh, of course, you would expect to see Darius Jackson on here. Randy Robinson's a good addition. Uh, two out of the four linebackers are from Jacksonville State, and Saran Neal and Joel McCandless, no surprise there. Ah, uh, Joel McCanless was a All OVC selection for the preseason. Uh, Marlon Bridges at defensive back, Jalen Hill at defensive back. So, if if it, if you can get an idea of how the team looks and how many playmakers we have at each position group, even I mean, the only positions that we're missing on the All OVC team is special teams. That's expected considering the year they had wide receiver. And tight end. We don't really use our tight ends much in the passing game, so that's expected. Um, Jesse Blackburn from Murray State got the all-OVC selection there in a passing offense. Uh, At wide receiver, it really just boils down to we do not pass the ball as much as everybody else, and we're not putting up gaudy numbers. Josh Barge is still one of the best and hardest-to-cover receivers in the conference, so I think those... Those two are understandable, but at the same time, you've got to look at Jacksonville State from top to bottom in their depth chart, and you just look at it and you go, how are we going to stop these guys? Both sides of the ball just look fantastic, so no surprise that they are all over that all-OVC selection list. As far as national awards go, um, Stats FCS did name their finalist, and JSU has finalist in all but one category. Uh, Walter Payton Award finalist, Eli Jenkins, he's listed on there. I don't think he's winning that, but still a great year for him. I was really hoping he would. First half of the season, he looked fantastic. Second half of the season, he kind of tapered off. He got banged up. Um, Darius Jackson at defensive end is a finalist for the Buchanan Award. That's the FCS Defensive Player of the Year. Um, And finally, the Jerry Rice Award for Freshman of the Year. Marlon Bridges is a finalist there. Now, these finalist lists have, like, 30 names. They've got two to three players from each conference, but that's still good to be considered a finalist there. The only list where um, we weren't a finalist was for Coach of the Year, and that's just because there are coaches around the country that are doing very well with a lot less than what Jacksonville State has. to, To Coach Cross's credit, he is a fantastic coach, but he also has a lot of advantages at Jacksonville State that a lot of other schools don't have. Um, that's not to say that you know he wouldn't win at those places. There's a very good chance he would with his scheme and his mindset and how he, how he approaches the game, I have no doubt. Um, but there are coaches like Brian Bohannon at Kennesaw State who are just starting up a program and are already getting wins. That, that's the kind of thing that the national media recognizes. When I say national media, I mean Craig Haley recognizes for a coach of the year of you may not be the top team in your conference, but you are punching way above your weight. Uh, so again, uh, Coach Cross, still the OVC coach of the year, well-deserved, couldn't be happier for him. Uh, so that gets us into the national playoff bracket. So uh, first off, let's go over the teams that got the automatic qual- qualifying bids. These are the teams that won their conferences either in a tie or as a tie breaker or outright, of course. Uh, so in the Big Sky, you've got Eastern Washington, 10-1 and one there, no surprise. One of the top four seeds. Uh, big South, you've got Charleston Southern, very familiar with them. They haven't won away. Uh, in the Colonial, you've got James Madison, another pr- prominent program. In um, the MEAC, you've got North Carolina A&T. Um, I'm curious how that works with the playoffs, um, just because of them having a bowl game. In the uh, in I think it's around the holiday season, like in between um, New Year's and Christmas, you've got a now a HBCU bowl game, which is awesome. By the way, Um, that was one of the better games of bowl season last year. Uh, But I'm not sure if North Carolina A&T is going to participate. I don't remember if the two teams that participated in the bowl last year played in the playoffs before that and just lost. Um, we'll need to go back and check that. Uh, Missouri Valley, North Dakota State didn't win their conference, folks. Shocker. South Dakota State got the automatic bid at 8-3 with the tiebreaker against NDSU. Um, so, yeah, Bison want to give you crap on Twitter? Just remind them of that, okay? Uh, in the NEC, you got St. Francis at 7-4. and four. Jacksonville State is the only OVC program in the playoffs. Uh, Lehigh out of the Patriot League and San Diego out of the Pioneer League. Um, then you've got Citadel at, out of the SoCon, and Sam Houston State out of the South Wing Conference. Those are your automatic qualifiers. Um, good programs there. Those are your higher seeds. Um, but, you know, if we're going to look at the entire bracket, Jacksonville State has a manageable path to Frisco. Um, in their bracket, you got Youngstown State and Sanford 2 at-large bids. Um, both the Fighting Bo Pelinis versus the Bulldogs, our former OVC rivals. Um, both of those teams are solid uh, with good defenses. Uh, they're they're very good on that side of the ball. Um, Sam Sanford, you know, Coach Chris Hatcher, you know, he's doing a really good job turning that program around. Um, but you got to give Youngstown State the edge here, but it is a long road. It's a road game. So this is a toss-up, but I'd say the better team on a neutral field will be Youngstown State at 8-3. and three. And the winner of that game will face Jacksonville State, um, not this Saturday, but the next Saturday, right, December 3rd, um, at, I think 1 o'clock Central Time on ESPN. We'll, we'll, give, we'll get all the details for that next week. Uh, first, we'll need to figure out who we're playing. On the lower half of JSU's portion of the bracket, you've got Citadel as the automatic um, buy, and then you've got Wofford and Charleston Southern playing um, in the first round. Uh, So the bottom section of that bracket is actually very impressive. Uh, Those three teams have a combined seven losses on the season. Citadel with only one loss, just like Jacksonville State. And, you know, Wofford's option offense is always going to wreak havoc. Charleston Southern does the same thing, but from from the shotgun. So, that's going to be a fun game to watch if you like old-style, run-the-darn ball kind of football. And then Citadel, of course, they're no slouch either when it comes to the ground game. Uh, so, I feel like JSU, just because of having seen Charleston Southern before and having seen option offenses in the past, um, can – can stop those. I mean, honestly, JSU is an option offense at its core. Um, if you want to look at our passing numbers this year, we're running the ball a lot more than we're passing, and most of that is off a of deep play action, just like what you would see in a wishbone or you know those old Tom Osborne I-formation option offenses. Um, JSU is really an option team, so they're pretty good at defending it. So I'd give JSU a moderately good chance of getting to Frisco. And the other portions of the bracket, um, the bracket's out there on fcs.football. That's the stats FCS website. Uh, They've got the full bracket there. Um, Notable teams uh, that also squeaked in. Chattanooga, you got it at at large, and they're actually going to face Weber State, and then the winner of that goes to Sam Houston. Um, I'll be completely honest. Chattanooga could blow both of those teams out. Um, other than that, though, I mean Lehigh. Lehigh had a good season. Now the Patriot League at nine and two, but I'm not sure if they can compete with James Madison if they get through that first round. Um, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, very likely a rematch in round three if they both win. So I mean, as far as the the final four, just looking at this on paper, Jacksonville State. I'm going to give the edge. Um, I'm going to say that. Eastern Washington gets in in the bottom half of that side of the bracket in a close one to North Dakota. And then uh, North Dakota State wins the rematch with South Dakota State, and James Madison beats whoever comes out of the Sam Houston State, Chattanooga, Weber State trio. Uh, So that's for me, that's my final four. Uh, Ironically, that is the top four seeds. Um, no, no surprise there. Honestly, I feel like with the SCS and the way how the playoffs are structured, um, you have, you've got a lot higher chance, I think, getting, getting chalk into the final four than you do in, say, the basketball brackets. Um, but anyway, so that's North Dakota State, Jacksonville State, Eastern Washington, and James Madison, your top four seeds, I'm going to say, will end up in the final four from there. Who knows? Uh, so, with all that said, folks, I know there's another big game going on this weekend. I'll be watching it, but it doesn't really matter. So, and I know that's heresy, um, and I say that coming from a family that's got alumni on both sides of that fence, but if Jacksonville State's not playing, I'm just not into it anymore. I'm sorry. So, uh, with all that said, folks, uh, we hope that you have a very happy and blessed Thanksgiving. I know that this is been a tough year for everybody with the election and all the other stuff that's been going on around the world. Just remember that you have everything to be thankful for living in a fantastic country, Uh, being an alumni of a fantastic school with a great football team. And, of course, um, on my end, we're very thankful to have you guys uh, as an audience. You guys make this fun. So, uh, again, have a happy Thanksgiving and have safe travels if you're traveling. And until next week, folks, stay cocky.